Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. I'm C.S. Song, KPFA's associate theater critic, and my guest in studio is Michael J. Asbury, who plays the role of a veteran Chicago public school teacher in Exit Strategy. It's a play by Ike Holter, now at the Aurora Theater in Berkeley. Welcome, Michael. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, this play is set in a Chicago public school, a crumbling school, according to the play script. What do we learn early on about what's going on at the school? Uh, What I think we learned early on is that there is a group of teachers that have been committed to trying to uh, maintain the school. And uh, over time, that has become more and more challenging for each of the uh, individuals, uh, teachers involved. There's a meeting between one of the teachers and the vice principal that reveals some uh, interesting information about uh, what is going to happen in the subsequent uh, events of the production. And is it giving too much away to say that the announcement is, because it comes so early on in the play, that the school is scheduled for foreclosure? Uh, I think that's fair, yes. That doesn't really, I don't think that's, that spoils it to have that information. And that's uh, a uh, occurrence that's happening all over the country, unfortunately. And I have uh, a cousin, actually, who was working in the school, uh, public school district in Gary, Indiana. And Gary had, I believe, close to 10 high schools in the city at one time. And I think now they only have one public high school that is left open. And how that has affected the community, those that teach in it, those that live in it, it's uh, it's a pretty devastating uh, event. So is the play, does it focus on the the impact of of this news of the school's closure on people, and and if so, who are the people who are the focus of this play? The people who are the focus of the play are the teachers, the vice principal, and one of the students is also affected by the impending closure of the school. And I understand that this play was first performed in 2014. This playwright is based in Chicago. Was he responding, do you know, to some news that was coming out or some developments that were happening in Chicago around public school closures and their impact on the community? Uh, I believe so. And we actually had this uh, question come up last night about Ike Holter's connection to the story and, and as to whether or not he is representative of the student character that's in the play. And we don't know that specifically, but there's been some speculation that uh, that character is based on his own personal experience, but we don't have that confirmed. There are five teachers in this play, and as you mentioned, uh, an administrator, an assistant principal, and a student. Why do you think Ike Holter put in five teachers? What, What is he able to do with the dynamics that can be created among and between, uh, you know, a fairly large group of people on stage. I think that what he was looking for was to create a uh, scenario where you have the ambition and the optimism of younger teachers against the experience 
and what could be viewed as uh, cynicism of the veteran teachers and the challenges that each face as they try to come up with their own strategy as to how to preserve and uphold the uh, integrity and the structure and the effectiveness of the school. Where does your character, Arnold, where does he fit within this uh, duality or this uh, conflict? Uh, There's a really interesting character description of Arnold in our script, and I remember reading that as I was accepting the role. And Arnold is a veteran educator. He's uh, born and raised in Chicago, uh, has spent his life dedicated to his profession, and has seen everything, has done everything, and has uh, become a little disillusioned as a result of his experiences, uh, wry sense of humor. <laughs> One of the descriptions was that he could uh, stop a room with the look. <laughs> and uh, it's all these elements I've tried to place into my portrayal of Arnold. Did you feel like you had to cultivate a certain kind of um, severity as you decided how you would portray Arnold? Not necessarily a severity. I just try to, um, whenever I accept a role, the first thing that I try to do is find out who the character is and then speak the truth of the character through the dialogue. And it's all there in the words, who he is and how he responds and how he reacts. It's all there in the language. I hold her as a very, very talented playwright. And uh, it's been a joy to, to speak his words and to to play this character. I'm really having a good time with the role. What do you like about the the language and the energy of that language that Ike Walter has, has put into this play? Well, the way that it's written is the way that I believe that people speak. And there's a lot of indications in the script as to where we cut each other off in the midst of a conversation. And uh, some of it happens like right at the beginning of a sentence. Some happens maybe two-thirds of the way through a sentence. Some of it is even at the end of a sentence. But it's very strategic the way that he's placed it in the script. And it allows for a a very rich and uh, full conversation whenever we're in a scene. And uh, once we got a hold of that as a cast, it really moves and uh, it's fun to do. And I think that it shows a a real realistic Uh, sound and effect as we're portraying it on stage. It would seem to me that this kind of interaction, and often it's very fast-paced and people talking over each other, interrupting each other, that that might be uh, a complicated task for an actor and an ensemble to master. Uh, I I don't think so. I think that... um, as actors, we've had to adapt to so many different circumstances over the course of our careers that it's just once we realize, once we recognize what the challenge is, okay, so how do we work it? How do we make this work? How do we figure this out? And as a cast, we did, we have. And I think that the flow that we have on stage right now is very comfortable. It's very easy. And I think it's very effective as we try to communicate this story. Do you believe in a, a kind of chemistry among actors that, you know, it's either there or it isn't, and perhaps it can be cultivated and improved, but that a chemistry is kind of required in order for actors to be able to play off of each other? 
it's certainly helpful to have that kind of chemistry. Uh, it can be cultivated, yes. I've uh, performed with actors that weren't particularly fond of each other, but were very, very effective in scenes on stage uh, because a lot of times that tension can inform the dialogue. It can inform the action. Fortunately, in this particular production, uh, we have a wonderful group of performers, and from the first table read, I was very impressed with who we had. I felt like everyone was perfectly cast, and we all get along very well. And that certainly helps us in this particular uh, scenario because we work so closely together as characters and we work very well and very closely together as actors and as individuals. And I think that definitely helps our process. So as you were saying, there is a certain kind of uh, debate or conflict within the play uh, between some people who who want to do certain things to try and save the school from closure, from demolition, and others who, who don't feel like that's the correct avenue. Um, any sense of why Ike Holter wanted to bring out these kind of two perspectives and the clashing of these perspectives, like what, what he might have been trying to convey to audiences? Um, I think that... The scenario that we're dealing with in this play, I think, kind of crosses all kinds of lines. It, I don't think it's specific to school closures. I think it can happen in any type of a business. If, there's, if there are layoffs, if a place is relocating, I think any scenario where there has to be a major change in personnel, in location and structure, that's going to come with some, uh, some difficulty. And if there are organizational issues, one side is not talking to the other. One side has more power than the other, which is always the case. One side has made decisions that don't take the other side's best interests in, uh, in mind or take them to heart. Then there's going to be that kind of a conflict. And so I think that this is just a microcosm of, of the way society is kind of moving at the moment. Another theme in this play, another theme of this play, Exit Strategy, is the devotion that teachers have toward their students. Students in, in this case, an underfunded, a crumbling school, struggling school. In what ways do you, do you see that kind of devotion of teacher to student come out and be manifested in this play? Well, I have, uh, I've, I've taught and I've also coached, and I have friends who are presently uh, teaching. Uh, my daughter actually taught elementary school for a while, and there are challenges that face teachers now that are overwhelming because you have to deal with kids that have problems at home, kids that are underfed, kids that don't have enough to eat, don't have anything to wear, uh, hygiene issues. There might be issues uh, with their families at home that have to be dealt with. So uh, I think that we speak to that at different moments throughout the play. And uh, it's a real problem. And it's uh, one that there are no easy solutions to. And they're problems that definitely need to be addressed. And Ike Holter does have some of these teachers talk about kind of explicitly what they do for their students, even in kind of material terms, right? 
That's right. Again, as I mentioned, I have friends that um, are school teachers that are constantly telling me about how they had to bring supplies. We had to bring pencils. We had to bring paper. We had to bring uh, food, just anything that is effectively used in a classroom. Many times the um, teachers that I am familiar with, they've had to provide that for their students. Michael J. Asbury, he joins me. He's a veteran actor of stage and screen. He's recently appeared with Capital Stage Company, Sacramento Theater Company, and the San Francisco Shakespeare Festival. And he plays the role of a public school teacher in Chicago in a play called Exit Strategy that you can check out at the Aurora Theater in Berkeley. For tickets, you can go to auroratheater.org, and that's theater with an R-E, or you can call 510-843-4822. The play is directed by Josh Costello. The assistant principal of this school in this play, Exit Strategy, is a guy named Ricky. He's fairly young. He's played by Adam Neiman. What, uh, what's up with this guy? I mean, how do we even begin to describe this character? Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of um, contact with his character. Uh, Ricky Hubble is his character's name, who Adam uh, portrays wonderfully. He's a character who is in a situation that he's totally unfamiliar with. And based on his position and the security of knowing that his position is pretty secure, he doesn't really have to engage as deeply as the other uh, faculty members do. And I think that's the most I can say about that without spoiling too much. Yeah, and he happens to be, and I know, I've, I've seen the script, so I know that he doesn't have to be, like the character of the assistant principal does not have to be the only white person in the production, in a production, but he happens to be the only white person in this production. Is it your sense that the playwright was playing with the figure of the white savior when he created and developed this character of Ricky Hubble? I believe so. Uh, I do believe that he was. Uh, What's really interesting is that the role of Arnold is not racially specific. So the role that I actually play could easily be played by a uh, Caucasian actor or an actor of any other ethnicity. Uh, and there are some, there's some language uh, within the character that, that lends to that. And it's a really interesting experience to speak through some of the language of my character uh, as a African-American male. And it's something that I have to be uh, very, that I'm aware of, that I'm very careful about how I operate within and uh, what I'm saying when I say particular lines as opposed to if uh, a Caucasian actor were to say it. Oh, that's very interesting. So, in other words, if you saw in the script of this play that you were playing an African-American character, you would have approached this differently than you do, than you are? I would have, yes. Yes, if, if it was specifically written as African-American then yes, there's definitely a different approach. Um, But the bottom line is to speak the truth of the dialogue. And so regardless of the ethnic specificity, 
uh, my job as an actor is to tell the truth of the character, tell the truth of the play, tell the story as accurately as you can. How important to this story, to the play's narrative, is this 18-year-old student, Donnie, played by Trayvon Bell? I think it's critical to the story. Um, He's a young student who wants to improve the conditions of the school for himself and for those that come behind him. So I think it's uh, it's a critical piece to have him in the play and for him to be who he is within the play. He's a, uh, he's a beacon of light and uh, it's a, it's a fantastic character. I, <laughs> if only I were young enough to play it, <laughs> I would love to play that character. And this intergenerational dynamic between him and the older teachers and the assistant principal, I mean, that, that seems to drive some of this play. And, and perhaps maybe I'm thinking more about the, the refreshing way in which he, Donnie, and some of the other characters relate to each other. I mean, he says things you wouldn't expect him to say to like a, a right? He's very defiant and he, so there's something refreshing about seeing seeing a young person say things around uh, authority figures. Uh, well, yeah, I think that is refreshing because I think there's a passion behind his uh, language. And I don't think that he would be profane just for shock value. Uh, he actually has something to say. And the fact that he has to say it that way, I think, grabs attention. But to hear what he's actually asking for, what he's saying, uh, I think is more important than uh, <laughs> the fact that it might come across a little harsh. And I know that is not always easy for an audience, uh, but that's the story that we're telling and that's the way that we're telling it. And so um, to get the gist of that, I don't think that the, uh, some of the harsh language, I don't think that the harsh language is misplaced. I think it is well um, specified and, and necessary. What do you do? And I guess, what did you do in the context of this play to supplement, if you did, the words on the page? Like, did you look into the history of the play? Were you told certain things by Josh Costello about maybe what I Coulter meant in a certain scene? I mean, to what extent do you bring in uh, external factors into your understanding of what the words on the page actually mean? Uh, well, I do some research into what the uh, union culture was like within the school district in Chicago, uh, because uh, my character is involved that way. Uh, looked into the school closure situation in Chicago, which uh, is at the forefront of what we're addressing in the play. Luckily, one of the advantages I feel like I have as a older, veteran, seasoned actor is that my life has been pretty full, and I don't see situations that I'm not familiar with in some personal sense. And again, having family in Indiana, which Gary, Indiana, which is right outside of Chicago, that experienced these school closures, I had already talked about this with my cousin before this play even came up. I was familiar with the situation. I have family in Chicago that talked about this long before I even had an idea that this play was going to be on my radar. So having some real tangible experience with some of the subject matter certainly lent itself to um, finding some connection to the story. And this one was um, 
easier to find than in others because I understood the frustration of teachers who have fought for decades to get the things that they need for themselves, for their students, for the community, and to be met with opposition at every point. And that's what these teachers are facing. And how they choose to handle that and respond to that is the, uh, the basis of our story. And having that personal angle into a story, into a story of a play in which you are performing, I'm guessing that that must be kind of rewarding, right? That, that it maybe injects more meaning, that it might make you uh, maybe not more willing to be in the play, but make it more, uh, in a sense, maybe important for you to participate in a play on issues that you are familiar with and that you think have uh, maybe social or political relevance. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of why I love doing this so much is because it, it allows me to address these issues in a way that's going to cause people to think about them. And whether or not it affects like a real solid, tangible change remains to be seen. But telling the story, somebody's going to hear it. And at some point, it's going to trigger something in somebody, whether it be directly, indirectly, second, third party. We have student matinees coming up, and I'm really interested to see how the students respond to how we tell the story. And I believe that it will impact them in a very uh, specific way. And who knows, we may be um, informing the next student who becomes a union leader who affects the change that these teachers are trying to uh, provoke. So I'm always uh, excited about telling stories like the one that we're telling because it feels like I'm doing something and saying something that needs to be said and that needs to be heard. Now, some of what's being said in this play could be expressed via an editorial an op-ed, a nonfiction essay. I mean, I mean, a lot has been written about public school closures, including in Chicago. And I understand that in 2013, the Chicago Public Schools approved the closure of 50 schools, impacting around 12,000 students. What can drama, what can plays do, perhaps, that an essay, uh, a nonfiction piece in a magazine or a newspaper can't? Well... It almost makes it real, makes it more real. Reading it, hearing it is one thing. Seeing it, I think, just adds another element to trigger the senses. And um, it's entertainment, but it's also informative. And I, I, I think that it, it, it can make a difference. I honestly believe that it can. I remember seeing theater as a child and remembering very specific things about plays that I saw when I was just a kid. Michael J. Asbury, you can check him out. He's one of the actors in the play Exit Strategy. It's a play by Ike Holter, directed by Josh Costello, now with the Aurora Theater in Berkeley. You can go to auroratheater.org. That's theater with an R-E. Michael, congratulations on your performance. I've seen it. I've enjoyed it. And uh, best wishes for the rest of the run. Thank you so much. And I'm C.S. Song on Bay Area Theater for KPFA.